what do I define about blowing up? You know what I'm saying? Like feeling better, living better, better location. What he failed to tell you was when you're on my time, I can reclaim it. I, and he left that out, so I'm reclaiming my time. Please, please respond. Are you crazy? Who are you rooting for, I'm rooting for um, everybody black. Betting on black tonight. I'm sorry for the realness. Hey everyone, it's Whitney from WhitneyDanielle.com and NetworkInSpill.com. I am very excited about this conversation. This is a hashtag how did we meet segment, which, you know, it's one of my faves. This is a segment where I pull someone fantastic out of my phone and my contact list. And we literally record a conversation. We catch up, we talk about how we met, what they're doing in the world, some of their goals and aspirations, and just, you know, we're just spreading the knowledge and showing some love. So this week I have a special guest here who actually I have not met in person. Yeah, we've not met in person. And I'm excited because I feel like I've known I've known him for a long time. His name is Stuart Bishop and he's based in DC and he is a wellness consultant. He is a Reiki master teacher and he is a certified yoga provider, teacher. There's a lot of things that he does. We're going to get into it. And he's a dog dad and he's just a city guy. And he's out here living his best life, hosting retreats in Greece and traveling and just being phenomenal. And I just, just wanted to make sure I wanted to make sure this year I had him on the show and you know, it's that way you get to know him a little bit too. So if you have your phone out, make sure you follow him real quick on Insta. His handle is at Stewie, that's S-T-U-I-E style, S-T-Y-L-E. Make sure you follow him on Instagram. Check out his profile, his links in his bio. Without further ado, hi, Stuart. How's it going? Hey, Whitney. It's going well. Thank you for having me on your show and letting me be a part of this. This is really awesome. And what a spectacular intro. Thank you. Thank you. I have fun with the intros. I do. I like, I like, you know, getting into giving people a little bit of the razzle dazzle as to why I like this guest so much and why I'm excited. Cause I say I'm excited pretty much every episode. And I know someone's like, Whitney, why are you always so excited? Because <laughs> I have some of the coolest people and a lot of us do really, right? I'm sure you do too. A lot of us have people that we really admire and appreciate and respect in our cell phones, in our LinkedIn's, in our Instagrams and, and stuff like that. So you know, one part about this segment is I get to highlight those people. So you came about, let's get into how we met. And then we're going to talk about what you do, because I'm really excited for folks to hear what you do, especially my DMV based peeps. We've got a lot of DMVers listening to the show, but okay. So we met in 2022. What, what month was it? Was it like September maybe? No, this is 2022. Oh, right, right. Sorry. 2022. <laughs> I did this the other day. It was 2020. We've known each other for like two years. Okay. Sorry. Let's, let's, yeah, we're, we're not editing that out. That's, that's how no, my brain that, is. That's great. Um, <laughs> it's quality. Um, so, well, it's also bizarre to me that we still haven't met in person. I know. I know. Like when you said that, I really sat back and I was like, wait, we haven't met in person yet. No. That's very strange. We need to change because that. I also feel like I know you. <laughs> It's so weird. So strange. It's well, I mean, 2020 was a very strange year for all of us. And we were just mm -hmm. kind of 
literally vibing and, and just trying to keep our head above water. And I don't know if the listeners know here, I've kind of talked about it a little bit, but doing a yoga teacher training program had been on my like bucket list for quite a while. I've been doing yoga since like high school and it just blossomed and I really wanted to do it, but there were two things keeping me from doing it. One time because I was traveling and I, you know, like crazy and you have to be when you do these trainings, there's, I mean, hours and hours of work you have to put in. It's typically over the duration of like a couple of months and you're there off and on every other weekend or every weekend, depending on the program. So, you know, time is an issue. And then the cost, the cost, I mean, it's thousands of dollars to do this. And, you know, I always had other things I wanted to spend my money on or, you know, for would forget. And so with 2020, we were at home, so I didn't have to worry about the travel. And I met you through Faith Hunter's yoga teacher training program. And you were one of the teachers and facilitators and a good friend of hers. And so that's kind of how it all happened in 2020. But I mean, I want to say it was September. How did you, how did you even, let's, let's get into that. How did you get involved with this program? Yeah. So I moved to DC in 2016. I guess. Yeah. 2016. And so from there, I was, you know, just walking around, checking out different yoga studios, seeing what they all had to offer. Because if you've ever been to DC, you know, there are like a ton of yoga studios and a ton of yoga teachers. So those classes aren't like the same teacher all of the time. It's, it's very variable. So I signed up for what I thought was a workshop because I saw that like Faith Hunter was in town and teaching this class at Embrace Yoga in Adams Morgan. And I thought that I had like signed up for this class at a different yoga studio. And when I got there, I was like, wait, this isn't the studio that I thought I was walking to. And I was brand new to the city. So like everything looks, made me feel lost, you know? So (laughs) I guess I walked in And she was teaching a class and then I found out that it was her studio and uh, that she would be regularly teaching classes there. And, you know, it just stuck around. And then that turned into teaching there, which turned into leading yoga teacher training classes. So now it's evolved beyond that, which is exciting as well. And here we are. Here we are. Yes, 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 yes. Embrace yoga was such a beautiful studio. And um, I had found out about Faith because one of my, well, I mean, I had done a little bit of research on yoga studios when I kind of came back. I had left DC or Virginia in 2013, 2014 to go to Cali. And I was there for a bit. And then I came back, you know, on and off to visit family and whatnot. But I remember Googling and seeing the studio and I was like, okay, cool. It's on my list. Like I want to go. And then, you know, things happen, whatever I go back, I leave town. Uh, But then I kind of moved back sort of incidentally back in 2018. And I just, I don't know, I guess it was maybe on the email list, something happened. And I saw the email saying YTT program, like let's go over, over the 2020 fall time. And I was like, yes, Let's do it. Let's do it. And when you do a YTT program, those of you who have never done one or never, ever looked one up before, typically there's like a, you know, a studio that hosts it and there's a main teacher and there's facilitators, there's other people who come in and they speak. And I know there are rules around how this has to happen or how it can be set up, but Stuart was one of our teachers and he was a teacher at Embrace, right? You became the teacher there. And I took some of your classes virtually, which is crazy because- 
I haven't even practiced with you in person, let alone like, you know, hung out. So we're, we're going to, we're going to work on that in 2022, but you were on video and I would see one video. We learned lots of things from you, all kinds of stuff during the, th- during the duration of the program. But that was really fun for me. I'm curious how it was for you, especially considering like other things that you've done at the studio and just in general around teaching. Yeah, I think in general, I, I just love being able to teach this practice in a holistic sort of manner. And I love that Faith's program and trainings encourage that. I feel like uh, when your, your teacher training program started, that was like right when the pandemic began, right? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. That, that so we went like virtual. We had to make a hard pivot to go virtual. And, you know, my master's degrees in instructional design and technology. So like we were somewhat prepared for that. <laughs> I didn't realize that that's how like I would be using my degree in that moment. But yeah, I felt like because I was able to be confident in making moves in that direction, it encouraged the rest of the team to also be confident in making those moves. And, you know, Faith's been teaching virtually for a very long time. So she had more than enough confidence in that department. And that that just like really kept us motivated, kept us going. And recognizing that what we were doing was for the future of yoga, right? Like meaning like your group of your cohort, like coming in, like you are the new teachers of the future. Like you're the ones who are going to be shaping. So how we handle ourselves during everything that's going on during that time is going to impact how you teach going forward. And I think that we all had a very strong recognition of that. Absolutely. I mean, there was a lot to learn from from both parties, right? We take the YTT to learn how to how to be a teacher, how to deepen our practice. And for those of you who aren't like yoga people or in the yoga community or, you know, taking a class, like it's really, really cool. And I recommend checking it out and also recognizing and realizing a lot of people do like the yoga teacher training, not to become a teacher. Some people just do it to deepen their practice. You learn so much about how to sort of practice in the different realms because yoga obviously is not just about doing the upside down inversions and you know contorting your body like it's not I, I realize you know social media has made it seem that way but it's it's not and it's way more than that there's so many different layers to it and it's a whole practice it's a whole thing and it's really cool so when you do the YTT training like you're learning a lot of different things and, and how to practice. And you guys have seen, right? I, I know goat yoga is a really, it's a good example and it's a bad example. It's a good example because you can see like yoga is done in so many different ways. We've got prenatal, we've got the yoga nidra, we've got yin yoga, we've got even kids yoga. Um, I've seen bro yoga before, like all kinds of stuff. But then we also have, you know, meditation and things that we, we learned. So the YTT program was thorough. It was a lot of work. Um, for both parties, right? For us students, as well as the teachers teaching us. And we were all doing this remotely. And we had homework to do. We have practices. In order to get your cert, you've got to meet these requirements, right? And submit that you've done the things that you're supposed to do, just like with any sort of um, accreditation process. But it was really fun. And I went through that 
in 2020 into 2021, right? We went through the graduation ceremony in February and it was really a moving thing to do. But Stuart, I want to get into what you do sort of outside of that, as well as how it all kind of intertwines together. So tell us a little bit about that. So I guess like what I do now is an evolution of what I gained the confidence to do through leading YTT. You know, it was a big step for me in 2019 to just leave the corporate and government world and go out on my own and just start making my practice what I teach full time. And there was a lot of fear in that, right? Like I had at the same time, like decided I'm going to be leading a retreat of my own and this is what I want to do. And then the pandemic happened. So like right after I made this big shift myself, where I was like, I know I can do this. Like everything's already in place. Like I can handle this. The world was like, hey, guess what? Not everything is in place the way you thought it was. So, but at the same time, like it shifted for everyone. And it wasn't, it didn't feel like it was an attack on me and my life and my way of being because I could see that it was happening to everyone. Through the pandemic, I guess I just was able to refine what it is that I do want to offer the world and also really hone in on my own understanding of what my personal power is. And, you know, this is something that you and I kind of touched on the other day when we had our little chat, but you had mentioned like that I, I have a calming presence that gives other people permission to also feel like they can allow themselves to be calm. And that was, uh, that was profound to me because like, I mean, it's stuff that I hear a lot, but it's not something that like I recognized as such a superpower. And throughout the pandemic, I was able to see just how important that was, you know, for not just me to find my own sense of groundedness and centeredness and motivation, but also to encourage that for other people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I told you that I've, I've definitely felt your energy via, you know, social media, the phone, um, via video, right? Video cam and stuff like that on, on WebEx and zoom, but it's real, you know, people pick up on energy. You, you know, this right as a, a Reiki practitioner, and we'll get into that in a second for those folks who have no idea what that is, but you do, you have a, um, it's just part of your makeup maybe, or I don't know what it is. I think for different people, it, it, it sort of, it comes from different places. I think for some folks, it's just like how they are, um, without maybe trying. And then for some folks, I think they've trained to sort of be that way. And it's just something they embody naturally, if that makes sense. So it's kind of still this natural thing that people sometimes possess that for me, it's very noticeable because, and I said this on the phone to you, it's not that I'm super high energy all the time. I mean, if I get enough espresso, you know, look out, but it's more of like, for me, the seeing someone else who is calm and who has a calming energy, you pick up on it. I pick up on it because I'm an empath and because I'm just, just one of those people I pick up on it. And it does, it gives me permission, but it also, it mirrors back. I think my inner calm that exists within me that maybe I'm just not touching or accessing in that moment 
or that I've wandered maybe too far away from. And I say too far with bunny ears because that's subjective and relative and all of that. But it's just this reminder that we can center ourselves, we can be grounded. And I don't know if it has something to do with astrology. I'd have to ask my astrology friends about like being an air sign and what that means in correlation to maybe how this feels for me, but it is super cool. And I think with yoga, when you, and I'm saying yoga isn't like the holistic yoga. So I'm talking about everything under the yoga umbrella. You know, it's nice to be reminded that you can calm yourself. You can regulate your own emotions. You can come back to your body. You can tune in, you can listen and be aware of yourself and how you're reacting and how you are physically feeling in a moment. And that all of that is important and you do it, you know, naturally. And that's just something that I've picked up on. So I'm glad that that kind of resonated. Do you have people that are like that for you? Maybe that when you see them, they just have this, this natural something that kind of sparks something in you. Definitely. I think we all, we all have that. And what you said earlier was a, a really important point that it's, it's something that you recognize that exists within you already, right? Like you wouldn't be able to see this if you didn't already have this within you. Mm. And I think that's a really, really important point to like drive home is we see aspects of people that we want to see, right? We see something either that we were rejecting or something that we're loving about them. And I think we all have that where like we look to someone who inspires us to feel a certain way, right? Like if I have no desire to cook, like I will turn on like Master Chef or Master Chef Junior, typically Master Chef Junior because like Gordon Ramsay's nicer to the kids and that's more inspiring to me. But <laughs> I feel like I find that in a lot of different aspects of life and this is where like being a wellness consultant comes into play for me is because like I've dabbled in a lot of these different areas of life over the course of my lifetime. And like, I have a strong understanding of what works, how it works and why it works. When it's, when it comes to working with clients, I'm able to then help them decide what it is that they need to be focusing on more in order to achieve what it is they're looking for. Right. So you could consider it like life coaching, but more wellness focus. I'm not a life coach by any means, but I feel like I can help steer people in the direction that they're interested in going in order to find that higher power that they're looking for. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. That makes total sense. And you said earlier something profound. I'm going to have to go back and listen to it about helping people tap into their, was it? I thought you said magnificence. Do you remember saying that? Yeah, I said something like moment, momentary magnificence or something. Yeah, I really liked that. And we're going to make sure we get a clip of that because okay. that was really cool. And I, I definitely love that you do that with folks and you can kind of help guide them. We need these guides. We need people who can help help us steer ourselves, if that makes sense, and who kind of jump in the car every so often and are like, huh what about this direction or what about this? Or they're just there, you know, as a presence because it can be difficult and we can get into COVID and, and how that just these last couple of years have been for you um, being in the city, of course, and just doing what you do a little bit differently, but it's, it can be lonely as entrepreneurs. We have a lot of entrepreneurs who listen to the show, who have side hustles, who run businesses full time, and it can get very, very 
lonely, very, very solitary, and you're navigating things a lot of times by yourself. And sure, maybe there are people who are in the back seat or who were in the same lane as you or on the same road as you or maybe heading in the same direction as you, but it's it's different when you have somebody kind of as a co-pilot, even if it's just for a little while. Um, hopefully this, this analogy is tracking. Um, even if it's just for a little while to help steer you in the right direction, point out things, give you encouragement and wisdom and knowledge, right? That knowledge transfer is also important. So yeah, speaking of that, speaking of that, how has these last, these last couple of years been for you dealing with all that's been going on in the world? You know, it's been really interesting. I feel like as terrible as things have been externally in the world, there's been a lot of peace found internally. I think that I already have a natural inclination to go or lean towards solitude. But over the course of the pandemic, I'm, I recognize like what felt like too much solitude to me, you know? And I also was able to understand like the value of connection. And I'm super grateful that I have an incredible partner and he definitely made getting through the pandemic a lot easier, you know, but at the same time, that's because he was throughout this time going through the same thing I was going through and, but in a different way, you know, like we both dealt with death of very close loved ones. We both uh, dealt with our own emotions and just, I think that's something seeing that reflected in someone else in a time where like, we're not seeing that many people, it made me feel less crazy about my emotions given the state of the world because I could see that other people were also going through this. Yeah. And having, you know, like you said, having, having a partner, having somebody there, like you said, to mirror and also to kind of walk the path with definitely is important. It's important. And you talked about the solitude and you do, we need, we need, it's, it's important to be around people. I think even the folks who are really homebodies and introverts need something too. It's, it's, it can't be all in the house all the time. And winter is already difficult enough, right? Just for most of us, I know seasonal depression is real and, and being in, in the house, you know, being home and then kind of forced to being home. And then you've got darkness warmer than you've got the sunlight that affects us as, as -hmm. well. So it was definitely challenging and it continues to be quite challenging too. Right. I mean, even, I don't know if you feel it, but there's this like strange energy going into the fall as we get ready for back to school, as we get ready for the cooler months and the longer days. I mean, I don't know how things are going to go, but I feel like we may be back to some re- resemblance of what of what we've been dealing with essentially these last couple of years. Does it feel that way in the city or is it kind of like, eh, not so much? You know, it's interesting because the city was on lockdown for so long. Like we had restrictions in place well beyond what Maryland and Virginia had in place. And so, you know, things felt a lot like it lasted longer here visually. I think right now people in the city are mostly tourists and they're out here just having a great time. They're not really seemingly concerned about anything, which is fine because they're on vacation. But at the same time, it's, it is alarming given the 
still growing numbers in in cases and variants and things around the world that are happening. But at the same time, I, I definitely want to echo what you said, like the pandemic starting in the winter. And, you know, there's a difference between choosing to be home and being forced to be home. And I think that 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 was a tough lesson for a lot of us. Even in my time where I felt like good about being home and everything being slowed down and, you know, having time to just like focus on me and like what I want to do. At the same time, there is that itch to like get outside and go do something and like see friends, but you you have this fear and you're like my fear personally was in consideration of like everyone else as well. You know, like I was like, I know I'm staying home. I'm not going out and doing things, but if I go to visit my partner's parents, like I don't want to risk getting them sick on top of all of the personal struggles that I was dealing with throughout the pandemic in regards to, just fear and anxiety. Like I said, like I was also dealing with death. People close to me were dying, not of COVID, but of other causes that it's sad that you can't be there for people in person during a time like that. I also had to uh, let my dog go after almost 14 years of a life together. And that was a really tough time. I never expected grief to feel like that. And at the same time, I'm grateful for all of the space that I had to go through it. Rather than feeling like I had to experience all those feelings on top of a nine to five job or my extracurriculars or whatever activities or events I had planned in life, it doesn't leave much space to feel as deeply as you can feel when you don't have anywhere to go, you know? 1000%. Yeah. And the grief and the loss and the pain. And, and like you said, that fear, I don't know if we're going to have to come up with a new type of anxiety for what this has been, but that anxiety is, is real, right? The anxiety of wanting to remain as sane as possible, with the restrictions and with the pandemic and the the virus itself, as well as the anxiety of potentially passing it to someone or, you know, being around somebody who is autoimmune um, or has autoimmune issues or is immunocompromised, like that anxiety is real. Also, we have people having babies. My sister had two babies during the pandemic and, you know, the babies, they're not, they're not really vaccinated or they're not vaccinated. And I guess with the moms being vaccinated, there's some transference there or whatnot, but like the science, we don't, we don't really know. And, and all of it's kind of up in the air and then everything is just stressful. So yeah, it's, it can be, it can be a lot. It can be really heavy. Hey, can we take a pause real quick? I just want to let y'all know this is exclusive and time sensitive. If you're hearing this, there's a really good chance that either I have a spot open or I have a spot opening on my one-on-one program that I offer. So I only do four slots at a time because this is like the most intense, thorough, intimate way to work with me 
ever. This is my creme de la creme, like for bad bitches only. This is for solopreneurs who have a nine to five, who work in corporate, who have some sort of job that they are doing and that they're doing really well, but who also have a side hustle or a business that they are running on the side and they want to build and streamline their goals towards. A lot of us have strategy. A lot of us have plans here and there, but most of us don't have accountability. A lot of us don't have a support system that's solid and the rest of us aren't organized and have strong boundaries, have routines, like all of that. So I'm going to help you get it all together. This is a three-month intensive one-on-one coaching program where you have full access to me via Voxer. We have seven, seven one-on-one calls with each other throughout the three months, and you get routines. You get customized affirmations and audios and all kinds of things to help you succeed. So check out the link. It's in the show notes. It's also on my website, WhitneyDanielle.com. If you have questions, DM me, send me an audio note. Let me know. If you know someone who needs to get their shit together in this manner, send me their information. I will totally hook you up for the referral. That's it. That's all I wanted to say. Let's get back to the episode. And so how did you manage? I know you mentioned having your partner and having somebody with you um, and that you can kind of talk to and, and go through things with, but how did you deal and manage through um, what, what practices or go-to things did you kind of lean on maybe more than others, or maybe that it, that you weren't anticipating leaning on? Yeah. Um, I'd say my strongest practice was gratitude, just daily gratitude. And that's been a very strong practice of mine for about six years now, uh, where I just every morning I'll get up and go sit in the park and pull out my journal and just write down three things that I'm grateful for. And that's just to start the shaping of how I view my, the rest of my day. Right. Like, and trust me, especially during a pandemic, like it is difficult to find three things a day that you're grateful for. And that was, that was eye-opening for me. And then I kind of took that practice another step further and really started journaling. And, you know, that's something that I was afraid to do growing up. I grew up in an abusive household and was told by my father that what happens in our house stays in our house. And therefore, I grew up afraid to ever even write down how I was thinking, what I was thinking or what I was feeling just because I still had that fear inside of me as from being a child of being told like what happens in our house stays in our house. And I found journaling to be incredibly cathartic. It's super helpful to just write down how ridiculous my thoughts are sometimes like the, the run of thoughts that don't make sense sometimes as a unit, right? But then it also helps me to really clarify and see what is very much on my mind and asking for attention. And that's a really interesting experience. And I think that the pandemic was a gift in that sense because that's that's a practice that I got out of the pandemic. That's awesome. Yeah. Journaling has been, I would say for me, it's one of the shockers of not the century, but it was, it was one of the shockers of like the personal development realm of the power of, of sitting down and releasing. 
Um, I have also found that with the times being as, as sort of dream, we're going to, we're going to shift the energy here in, in a minute, but when things are heavy, when things are difficult and challenging and not as happy, you know, which that you're going to, you're going to get that ups and downs in life. It's not always going to be one sort of constant energy or um, feeling, but when it does get that way, it does help to get it out. Um, and I have found that journaling has definitely helped in that regard, even outside of the pandemic with dealing with other things, just relationships or dramas that we have in our lives, you know, anything. And I found that it's helpful because when you can get it out, right? So Stuart, if you're dealing with something and you can get it out on paper fully, it's nice because you don't have anyone interrupting you. You don't have anyone saying, well, that happened to me. And I also had this you know, issue in my household and you know, I was told this, or you don't have anyone sort of relating or projecting or deflecting or any of that. It's just you. Um, it's really, really nice to just be able to get it out. And what I've learned is when I've done that, when I've taken the time to do that and sort of brain dump a bit, I have less things to complain about later. I don't need to necessarily, sometimes I do, but I don't need to necessarily offload how I feel to the next person who calls me or to the next person who acts how I'm doing. I don't have to do that. I can actually pick and choose who I feel I can safely have that conversation with. That's how, for me, journaling has shifted things. Does that, does that kind of make sense? Have you felt the same way when you kind of finished journaling? Oh, definitely. It's like, that's what I, I, I kind of meant to by when I said, like, I could see what exactly is asking for attention in my mind, you know? And it's like, when you're able to just write it out and let it go, it's such a great feeling. It, that Like that release of like, okay, like I don't have to go talk to anyone and everyone about this because it's already out. I already put down how I felt about it. And I did it in a way that was authentic and freeing for me. Yep. And it's amazing. It's amazing. And it really, you feel complete, right? You mm -hmm. feel complete and complete in the sense that like, you don't have the swarming thoughts. I think sometimes the angst and the anxiety and the emotions of it, they just swirl. And when we can kind of let them go down the drain, so to speak, I'm giving lots of imagery here of examples, but um, when you are able to do that, there's no more swirling. There's no more of this in your head, the back and forth and the what ifs, and you're not kind of, when you can really truly get it out, it's like, it can be so cathartic. And mm -hmm. when things are already heavy, it's nice to be able to lift something off, right? So even if it's just to get it out, and that's where meditation, I think, comes in too. And we can talk about that. But I just, I love that you mentioned journaling because people, I don't know, I think we get really caught up in the hype of buying the journals. I don't know if you're one of those people. But oh, like, yeah, I did that for <laughs> a long time before I even opened one to write in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this is no shade. If you're listening and this is you, we're not trying to call you out. We've been this person. But there is a lot of you know joking that happens on the internet about buying the pretty planners in Target. Let me tell you, Target has some great deals on planners and just notebooks. And I mean, you could really you could really amass quite the big collection of journals and notebooks, but to really use them. Um, and even if you're not like a pen to paper kind of person, like that's cool too. I will say typing it up helps. I will say on your phone, you can sit there and do it on your phone. If you're into that, I'm not, I'd rather get a keyboard, but you know, everyone's different. I also will say for me as an audio person that sometimes 
doing an audio recording has also helped me quite a bit. Um, When I first started recording my episodes, especially the solo conversations, like I would figure out what topic and I would just start talking. And then it was like, I would get the downloads. I would get the answers. I would understand the topic. I would see the examples that I would give when I spoke on the topic. It was really cool. It's very similar to writing, right? You know how writers, they'll say, you know, you're, you're just sort of the penman or whatnot, and you're just writing, you're doing the physical act of writing, but you're getting downloads from like so many other places. It's very much like that. So really love that you gave that tip for folks to try out, you know, that that'll be maybe some homework for people who are listening. If you have a cute notebook, which I'm sure if you're like me, you probably do that you have not used yet, or maybe you used once, go back to it and do some journaling in the next like couple of days. I used to do this thing too, where I would write like one paragraph you know, but like one time and then I would just desert the notebook. Have you done that as well? You just oh, leave it. Oh my gosh. So many times. <laughs> like that's definitely not even a pleasure of mine, but it's just a guilt of mine. <laughs> mm-hmm. we've, we've done it. We've done it, but it's okay to go back. It's okay to go back and revisit that notebook and try again and try again. It's, it's, that's an important thing for us to do. And I love that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I agree. Yeah. I totally also, you know, it's, it's important to know that like, you don't have to be consistent, right? Like every time you are not consistent, that's okay. Because it's getting you closer to consistency in the long run. Cause you're going to start to recognize how you feel when you do this versus not doing it. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, Oh, I kind of miss that feeling. Let me try this again. I'll go back to it. And we do this with everything in like yoga, meditation, all of it. Same thing. So true. So true. I I mean, I got to a point where my body was like craving silence. Like my brain was craving silence. I just wanted to sit still. And it's weird because I would have these conversations in my head with myself and I'm like, am I tired? Is this what this is? Am I tired? Am I sleepy? Do I need to go back to sleep? Because I got a good night sleep. I mean, according to my app here, my sleep number is saying I did great. So what is this feeling? What is this feeling? And I kept asking and I kept asking. And eventually it was like, you just need to sit still. Like you just, my mom used to always say that you just need to sit still. And I never really understood what that meant fully as I do now. And it's like, yeah, sometimes you just need to sit still because when you sit still, it's like the, the swirling that I mentioned, it slows down right? If you really center yourself, it slows down to the point where you can actually, you can actually see a little bit differently. You can hear other voices saying things to you, which I know sounds a little bit, you know, woo woo and extra in this moment, but like, you know what I mean? Like you'll get bits of inspiration. I'll get business ideas, those shower thoughts. I have one of my colleagues, he always talks about shower thoughts and like, I love that. It's like, how can you replicate shower thoughts outside the shower? Because I can't get in the shower. It's not good for the environment for me to get in the shower every five minutes when I want to get a download or I want to connect. But, you know, thinking about why, why is it that when I'm in the shower, I get these great ideas. Um, And it's because your brain is operating in a different manner. And how can you replicate that so that the voices sort of and the swarming and the anxieties and the stress kind of sit still for a second. They don't go away, but they just kind of take a seat so that you can see some other stuff that's in the room, some other stuff that may be trying to come through that isn't as loud as the pertinent front and center dramas of the day. Does that make sense? Do you feel kind of the same way with the with the thoughts swirling and all of that? For sure. And you know, I think like showers play an important 
energetic role as well. Like you're, you're literally washing off whatever energy is in your energetic field and going through a cleansing process. So things can, things that are like intended to be in there are, are going to resonate a lot deeper, you know, and then everything else kind of just washes away. And I think the same thing might be something you could apply for yourself, you know, just going out and standing on a balcony, catching a breeze on a rooftop or something like that, being that you're an air sign, you know, you may find the same kind of clarity in a situation like that as the wind blows through your energetic field. Yeah, 1000%. And I was listening to a YouTube video not too long ago that talked about, we talked a little bit about ADHD and I haven't done an episode on this yet. It is to come. We're going to do one, but how nature is such a great sort of not, not cure, but nature is a really good way. Yeah. Let's just say way. It's a good way to tap into being centered and regaining your focus and that composure, bringing it back in and getting those swirly thoughts and all of that to kind of subside and, and calm down a bit, getting outside and getting into nature. So I love that. I love that a lot. I will also say for those of you who are not familiar with the yoga practice, one of the biggest things I noticed with yoga for me is that when I was practicing regularly, I, I started to listen to my body and respect it in a completely different way because I realized that some days I can do wheel pose, which is like, you know, you can Google it. It's like the kind of the, an inversion, but sometimes I can do that. No problem. Boom. Ready to go. Right. And then other days my body's like, mm, not so much, especially if I've done like arm day, you know, that week and my arms are kind of, are kind of sore. Um, I don't have the same level of, of strength that I, I traditionally do, but you see the range that your body has, the, the range that your mind has, even pushing yourself. When you push yourself in a yoga class and you see, wow, I'm really like pushing, I'm pushing. And then we talked about this, Stuart, the other day. I like in-person yoga classes because I am pushed in ways that I'm not when I'm by myself and I'm doing a home practice. And I've had yoga teachers literally change the game for me by physically helping me push my body and to do and push myself really push what my mind is telling me that I can do, that I'm capable of doing physically. It's really cool. And it's important to have that, but I listen to myself more and you can start to see before the swirling starts to envelope you and overwhelm you to the point of like burnout, which is what a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, have when you get into a practice and you are consistent, like you were saying, you start to see, wow, it feels really good when I'm consistently getting on my mat where I'm consistently pushing myself or I'm consistently around certain people, um, you start to really take heed of that. So I'm with you. Working on consistency and not beating yourself up when you're not consistent is crucial. I think that was a great, great idea. Yeah, it, definitely. That's a, the, the take home on, on that one is like, don't beat yourself up over it. You know, like give yourself some compassion and space. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about compassion and space. And let's talk about travel as well, because I have been like itching to talk about Greece with you. I know you host retreats and obviously these treats are, these retreats are, yeah, well, they're treats, but they're in a different place. You're out of your normal location, your normal world. Why Greece? And what are you doing with people at these retreats that you host? Great question. So I actually won't be going into the details of what happens on my retreats simply because that's part of the experience. I tend to not give people a strict itinerary. Like I let people understand 
these these are the offerings these are the things you need to know these are the things like i'm asking you to show up to and everything else is like on your own like you figure this out and if you don't want to come to this don't come to this because ultimately the whole point of my retreats is to help people tap in to getting deeper into themselves right getting back to that mindset of like this is what i like this is what feels good to me so to be able to take people out of the country to another place that's pretty remote and secluded and give them everything they need in terms of food and comfort and security for a full week and only ask them to do what they want to do like i've never seen people happier in my life and so that's what i do you know like that's why i lead retreats the way that i lead them because the joy and the love and cohesion of that group in greece last month was just beautiful just to see them smiling the whole time i couldn't ask for anything better than that mm, i love that that sounds fun i mean I, I a lot of us have greece on our list whether it's you know santorini or some other place that we've seen or heard um, especially with social media right people go and they take some of the most breathtaking photos and it just seems like an incredible place to be. So I am, you know, if y'all are interested, I like how Stuart was kind of, you know, ominous there with what happens at these retreats, but I know it's magical because Stuart is involved and, you know, it's just to be able to go on retreats like that in the first place is such a huge blessing because you get to experience something that's completely unique. And I love things where it's intimate Right. And it's not super cut and paste, you know, as far as retreats can sometimes be when they have them cyclically. I just, I love this. I absolutely love it. If you're interested in checking out when the next one might be, and just to even make sure you're in the realm of knowing the details, make sure you follow Stuart on Instagram because he posts about it there and he'll have the link in his bio um, over at Stewie Style. And that's Stewie, S T U i e style so just wanted to make sure people are are following you on the gram over there so let's get into reiki because i know we haven't talked about that and many people may not know what the heck that even is so tell us about that and why you are a reiki master teacher yeah so reiki is just healing energy and that is it right and so as a reiki master teacher i am just a very strong conduit for that energy um, and sharing it with myself and other people I think that's a really important thing too. Like knowing that like I am not healing anyone in this world other than me, right? Like I am simply giving people a new I guess experience of what healing feels like, but it, it's not like I'm not the one responsible for anyone else's healing, right? Maybe I can open a path, maybe I can clear a roadblock or something for them, but I'm not the one that's doing anything, right? Like we are if we're healing, it's because we are healing ourselves and putting the time and energy and effort into it. And if we're not healing, then probably also on us. If we're not focusing on our healing then we can't really heal and the, another really important part is that healing requires rest like regeneration requires rest so if we are constantly go go going we're not leaving ourselves enough time 
for our body to actually do what it naturally wants to do, which is restore itself. And so through Reiki, um, I'm giving people that time, that space to find that healing that they're looking for. For me, it started when I, I guess I've always been aware of energy and I would say that my practices and my trainings and everything that I've gone through since college has been very much like what the stuff I'm interested in, right? Like, so my yoga teacher certification, my Reiki master training, like all of this stuff was stuff that like really interested in me because I'm into the energy aspect of it. And I was born with scoliosis. And by the time I was 11, I was in a wheelchair and doctors told me that it's only going to get worse. It's good luck walking again. If you do happen to walk again, it won't last long because as soon as you hit another growth spurt, like you're going to be back in a wheelchair. And that was really hard to hear, right? Like being told at 11, like your future is bleak and uh, you're going to have a lot of pain in your life. And the only way to fix it is to cause you more pain that is not a permanent solution. How's that sound? Not great. So I made the decision at that point in my life that like, I was going to do whatever I needed to do for myself to one, walk again, and to not end up in a wheelchair again. So I took up all kinds of energetic practices, whether it's stretching, whether it's breath work, whether it's dancing, Reiki, yoga, meditation, like all of these are energetic practices. And I just really focused my energy on my spine and healing that and getting better. And I would say throughout my life, like going back to these ideas of giving yourself space and compassion, that's been the hardest one, right? Giving myself one, the space to take care of my back, to allow myself to sit down and put my hand on my spine if if it's, it's hurting, you know, rather than standing there suffering in pain for whatever reason, just because like, I don't want to appear weak or appear to be in pain. I know it's been practices like that my whole life, like giving myself compassion in how I look regarding the shape of my back, you know, like having a scoliotic spine that's twisting and curving and isn't straight up and down doesn't meet your beauty standards that we so strongly force down people's throats here in the United States. And so I had a lot of self-confidence issues. I never want to take my shirt off. I think that's something that yoga helped me to work through and give myself compassion for because yoga was something that I apparently did well and excelled at in the physical aspect. And it's also something that like made me very, very hot and sweaty. Even if it was just a basic class, I would still be like surrounded by a pool of sweat by the end of my class. And that's, that's what encouraged me to just not practice with a shirt on because I hate wearing wet, sticky clothes. So that ultimately got me over my fear there. And then in that environment, I'm surrounded by people who love and embrace me. And that just 
helped me to foster the confidence that I needed for myself in that regard, which ultimately gave me more compassion for myself because you're learning to love yourself rather than to hate parts of you that you don't find so attractive. That's really interesting. And I think letting go is part of what I'm hearing as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people are picking up on that, but as I think about what that means and, and everyone can kind of apply that to themselves, right? With, with that story and what, what your share sort of means for them and how they can relate it back. And I think that's, that's perfect. Being able to let go of the internal sort of dialogue that's happening as well as the external dialogue that's happening. Um, and then also choosing what we're going to let affect us and how we move forward. Um, that's another thing too, that, um, so there's layers of, of knowledge of wisdom that you're kind of gaining as you go. And I, I love that, that yeah. you're, you just seem like a really reflective person. And I think it's good for us to be reflective. Why? Because when we can reflect, I think it helps us. I know it helps us to not make to not let the same things happen over and over, right? To get the lesson learned the first time or whenever the time is that we're learning it, right? In that moment, right? it does. It gives us it gives us that permission to say, okay, I'm reflecting back, kind of like doing a debrief. You know, you do a debrief, you kind of, you do a survey of sorts to, to see how did it go? How was that experience for me? What did I learn from that? What came about from that? Um, how can I move forward differently because of that? And that reflection process is, I think it's really beautiful and I think it's necessary and we just have to create, a lot of us don't make the time maybe to do it. Is that why you think people don't do it? Is it because of time or do you think it's? Um, I think it's a lot of fear. I think mm-hmm. it's scary to look at yourself, to examine yourself, especially when you have to recognize both the light and the dark, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's that's important is that we both, or not we both, we have both light and dark, right? It's it's a balance. You can't have one without the other, but you have to honor them both. Yeah, absolutely do. And that's a practice that you can tap into and you can learn how to do. Um, where would you recommend people start with learning how to, how to get into that? Ooh, there is a book. It is called, um, I'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> Um, but I think, you know, just like learning, learning how to do shadow work and shadow work, just being that honoring of the darkness. Right. And so for me, like one of the things that I do is scream into a pillow or like make fists and like pound my mattress when I'm like angry about something, or I just feel like I need to like work through something, you know, one of the big, the times that I use it most is like right before I have to sit down and do work that I don't want to do right it's just paying attention to that aspect of me that doesn't want to do that what would it rather do throw a fit scream hit something so I go to my bedroom I throw my face into my pillow I scream as loud as I can and I just punch my pillow or I punch my bed and boom, I feel better because I got it out. It got to do that aspect of me got to do what it wanted to do. And now I feel like I can sit down and do the work. Hmm. Yeah. Feeling, feeling your feelings, feeling it out. Feeling your feelings. (laughs) 
And we're really taught not to do that, which is a whole other podcast episode in and of itself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, we're really taught to, to not do those things and to subdue them and to cover them up and to move around them like they're weird statues that we really shouldn't be touching. It's important to work through that and to figure out a practice of what that may look like. So we will link the book um, that Stuart's talking about in the show notes. So definitely make sure you check out the show notes over at networkandspill.com um, or if you're on you know the Apple podcast app, or I think even Spotify, you can see the show notes. So wherever you can see the show notes, y'all know I put links and I try to tag as much stuff as I can there. Um, we're also going to tag Faith Hunter and, and her yoga journey. So you can see kind of the catalyst that brought Stuart and I together. And um, I will definitely be having Faith on the show at some point. She's got a great book you guys can tap into as well. And that's on Amazon. We'll, we'll post all that in the show notes, but I'm really glad that you brought that up and the duality of things, because it's, it's all fun and games to talk about, you know, the good side of, of life and, and of our spiritual journeys and the system, this, but it is important to talk, talk about some of the darker things and how we're able to manage and maneuver that. Because like you said, there is always going to be both. Um, There's always going to be both. And if we're only addressing and talking about one, um, it makes it, you know, it's just, we're, we're only getting half the story. That's very, very important to me. And so we talked about Reiki. We talked about Greece and your retreats, your beautiful retreats. We've talked about your background and what you do. We've talked about how these last couple of years of COVID have been. You and I are going to go live on Instagram and we'll be able to answer any other questions that folks may have. So if y'all are listening to this um, on release day or on release weekend, please make sure you tap into the Instagram live. We'll do, we will promote that so you can see. And if you missed that, um, you're listening to this weeks and weeks later, no worries. The replay will be on both of our Instagram pages. You'll be able to watch the replay there and see us both chit-chatting and doing a recap and a Q&A for folks, but bring questions, right? Bring any questions you have, just anything you want to know about Stuart and his background and what he's up to. Um, but speaking of what you're up to, I would love to hear maybe what these last few months of the last half. Yeah. Cause we have several months, the last half of 2022, what is that looking like for you right now? You know, it's, it's interesting because I'm one of those people that does like a five year plan, but like doesn't have anything planned out for the next three months. <laughs> I feel like for the rest of this year, I'm really focusing on my writing screenplays and ideas that I've really wanted to flush out that way in that creative realm. And so, yeah, probably, probably just writing is my biggest focus. Writing's good. And that's kind of been a theme for this whole kind of conversation is the writing and, you know, the journaling and getting things out onto paper. So I love that you're doing that and you're working on that more for this rest of this year. And as far as your, yoga, your travel, your fun, anything in those areas that you've got going on this year? Nothing on the books as of yet. I do have some um, like more local retreat ideas, like weekend retreats that I have been working on, but uh, have not finalized details on those yet. So no, probably just going to be sticking around the DC area and laying low. 
Hey, I can dig it, right? This is the time to lay low. I will be laying low as well. Um, but it's good, right? It's good to lay low because this is what I've learned, even as somebody who loves to travel and be out and about and is kind of extroverted, being in the house, being sort of low, keeping things locally can be great because you get to learn a lot more about your community, a lot more about yourself. It gives you time to do that reflection that we talked about. And you just get a chance to dive into things that you don't normally get to on other times. It's like seasons. During the summer seasons, we get to do things and eat things even that we don't really get to tap into other times of the year and vice versa. And it's a vibe to it that's important to honor and respect. So I'm here for staying locally, keeping things chill, waiting it out and living, right? Living to the best of your ability. What what can you do with, with the cards that you have, you know, how can you maximize this current experience? Um, that to me is, is a fun challenge. It's easy. And, and I saw something, I can't remember what it was, but it's like when things are going, it's easy to be grateful. That's what it was. It was like, it's easy to be grateful and to be happy and excited and positive when things are going well. It's easy to do that. It's easy to be appreciative when your relationship is thriving, when your wallet is abundant, it's easy to be grateful and to be happy when that's kind of happening. It's easier um, but when it's not that way, when you're kind of living in a different sort of paradigm to that, it's not, it's not as easy, right? It's different. It's, it's different. It can present its own set of challenges, right? It's easy to be out and about when you're running the streets and you're at brunch and rooftops and you're doing all the things and you're traveling the seven seas. It's easy to meet people and to, but how can you do that? How can you meet people and, and, be part of a community and enjoy your life fully with what you've got right now, with the cards that you've dealt, uh, that you've been dealt or that you've chosen to deal right right now. How can you maximize things? So I love that perspective. I absolutely love that perspective. And that's really, for me, that's been really important to remind myself, right? And that everything is temporary. So this whole COVID bit, this whole, all the things that are happening right now, it's temporary. And we'll look back and be like, wow, look at what we had to deal with. Look at what we made it through. And now we're here on the other side in a completely different space. So I don't know. It's something to be, it's it's a good like silver lining type thing, right? Does that make for sense? For sure, for yeah, sure. It does. Okay. So what did we not talk about that you wanted to make sure we got in? Is there anything we missed? Anything you want to add? Any words of wisdom for the people? Ooh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Is there anything you'd like to know? Mm, what would I like to know? Let me ask you this. What is something that really gets you going? And I mean that in any realm, like you could rant about it. You could write about it. You could just laugh about it and talk about it forever and ever. What is something that really gets Stuart kind of going? Hmm. I love really deep, like philosophical conversations. I love like the depths of people's souls. So like you start a conversation like that with me and I'm hooked and probably not going to leave for hours. But I, yeah, I don't know. Aside from deep philosophical conversations, uh, that uh, not much gets me going. No. <laughs> Hey, that could be a very good thing. It could be a very good thing depending on how you look at it. Because some people, everything gets them going. So I'd rather be on your side um, of that equation than be on the opposite side. So yeah, philosophical questions. Well, maybe we can talk more about that on the Instagram Live. I know I have some questions I will be prepared to bring to the Instagram Live. 
um, to talk about there. But this was fun. I absolutely enjoyed myself. I feel like when I talk to you, we can pretty much record any conversation that you and I have because it's just so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really grateful again for you having me on the show and, you know, allowing me to share my experience. I'm glad you, you came on the show as well. And I'm excited for people to tap in and listen to this episode to follow your journey, to continue to follow you. Um, because I will say this, a lot of the guests I've had on, if not most of the guests I've had on the show have gone to do some really incredible things sort of in the months leading after like the episode launched. Like I'm talking just blown up in the best way from launching things to writing books to, you know, traveling and speaking. I mean, it's really cool looking back at the guests that I've had on the show and what they've been able to manifest for themselves and for their businesses and for their families and for their futures and their communities. So I'm excited to check back and to have you back on the show at some point in the future to see what you've done. Maybe go to Greece at some point. I'm looking forward to all of that. So thank you so much. And we're going to get together. We're going to get together. We're going to have yeah. some Moscow mules. Yes, please. And have some convos. Maybe bring the dogs. I would love to see Zara with your Oh my Italian gosh, that would be great. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Network and Spill on the hashtag How Did We Meet segment. I appreciate you tuning in. If you know someone who's in the yoga community or who's into writing and reading and DC life and travel, definitely send them this episode, right? Send it over to them. Let them tap into the magic that is this podcast. And don't forget to leave a review. You can leave a review and a rating on pretty much most of the platforms, I guess, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, etc. You can also send me a love note of some sort. Um, you can also contribute to the Patreon as a listener. Um, all of this will be linked in the show notes here um, over on the site. So with that being said, don't forget to check in with us on Insta. You know, my handle is at Whitney Danielle Co underscore. I will be on the gram. If you listen and you screenshot, definitely make sure to tag Stuart and I. We love that. And we'll check in with you all online and on the next episode. Take care. Cheers.